you need to decide if you want to be in it full time or do you want to be in it part time? Because if you're passionate about your own destiny and making your own schedule and having freedom every day, then you'll figure out a way to do it full time. And it's it, you can't be afraid to step out and, and not get a W-2 anymore. Hi, I'm Adrian M. White, and with over a decade of entrepreneurship experience and launching four successful businesses, I know what it takes to grow your business online and live a more purpose-filled life doing the work that you most enjoy. Branding Invert is your go-to resource for branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice for service-based business owners looking to scale their business to six figures a year. This is the Brand and Convert with Adrian M. White podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brand and Convert with Adrian M. White podcast. I am here today with Latoya Von Gretchen for our Entrepreneur Spotlight. Latoya Von Gretchen is CEO and Creative Director of V Agency, which is an event management and design firm based in Detroit, Michigan, that was established in 2008. V Agency does corporate, nonprofit, weddings, and special events. So I am going to bring Latoya on the stage now so you guys can meet her. Hey, Latoya, welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I am fantastic today. Thank you so much for being here. Me and Latoya kind of go back. I feel like we go way back, but it's maybe not as long as it feels. (laughs) But uh, the entrepreneur journey feels so long that I guess that's why it feels like we go way back. But Latoya and I actually met because we were under the same multimillionaire business coach, Julie Gordon-White. And she was mentoring us and helping us, you know, grow our service-based businesses. So me and Latoya connected and got to meet each other in person at some of the retreats and other things uh, the business coach did. And even now, business coach, she's not coaching us anymore, but we're still connected and, you know, work together and talk about how we can grow our businesses and all that good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So Latoya, to get us kicked off, tell us about who you are, a little bit of your background and how you got into, you know, this event management and design field. Yes. So I started the agency in 2008 out of just passion. So I was laid off in my career for the second time. And by trade, I'm a mechanical engineer. So when I was laid off, you know, I was like, you know, I just want to be able to do my thing, which 2008 was not the time to start your own business at all. But I went ahead and did it. And it's 14 years later. So here I am. And I started it because I've just had always had a passion for events. And when I was working as a mechanical engineer, I did some aspect of event management. So I just carried all of that skill into starting my own business and growing it from there. So here we are, 14 years later, still thriving. Nice. When you first got started, um, were you just doing a particular type of events or were you doing all of these different, you know, corporate, nonprofit weddings Mm -hmm. and special events? 
when I first got started, I didn't know anybody in the industry. So I was just looking for work and looking for experience. So what I did is I needed to learn the industry. So I started out um, selling wedding dresses so I could learn that side of the business. And then I moved on from there and started working part time for a catering company so I could learn that side of the business. And then I got my big break in 2012, got a large event that was going to be a multi-year deal. And I continued from there. And that's when I officially started for full time was in 2012. OK, cool. So it so from 2008 to 2012, you were doing it part time, doing it part time, working um, what I would call in industry jobs, just taking entry level jobs just to meet people, to grow my network and just learn the industry inside and out. Other aspects that I wasn't going to focus on in my business. So. Yes, I will call that doing it part time. Okay, cool. So in 2012, once you got that big contract, how did your life change, if it changed at all, when you you know kind of converted from doing it part time to doing it full time now? You know what? I would say that it did change. You know, when you go from working full time for a company and then going part time, just learning the industry. I had a sense of freedom in, in 2012 just to make my own schedule and just started to really, really grow the business. So it did change my life in a sense of what I was doing every day. So every day I had to get up, make my own schedule and look for work and create work. So this multi-year deal that I had was only a one time of the year event. So it didn't carry me through for the, the, the rest of the 11th month. 11 months. Mm -hmm. So again, just continuing to look for work and, and, and craft my skill in the industry and make my name. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it did change my life. I, I would, I would admit that. 2012, you, you know, you had your, your contract, but it was not lasting you, you know, the 11 months of the year, you were still figuring out like, you right. know, had to get up, get more business. So how did you, how did you get more business and what type of business was it? So as I was growing my network, I was literally just asking people and, and researching different large events that were happening in my area and contacting, you know, those leaders or CEOs of organizations, executive directors, if they needed help, you know, introducing myself, letting them know who I was, what I was doing. I'm new to the industry. And I'm looking for work, you know, just being honest and looking for work. And other projects started to come about from there, you know, smaller projects, because when people don't know you, like, know and trust you, they're not going to give you, you know, big projects. They want to be able to test you out to see what you were going to do. So I was literally taking any job that I could find. Like I wasn't being picky or naming my price because, again, I'm new to the industry and I'm looking to build relationships so I can show people what I can do. And it re I really wasn't focused on the money at that time. I'm really focused on getting projects under my belt. So that is something that I can continue to be able to sell to other organizations and other people. So that's how I got other work. Nice. So, okay. All right. So you were, you got all the other projects and were you doing your events alone or did you have a team you were growing? No, I was actually doing them alone at that time. And I had started to grow a small team from just, again, meeting people, other people that were interested in getting into the industry. And I would partner with them and let them know, hey, I have this project going on. I need some help with it. Are you willing to help me with this? This is how many hours that I'll need you. This is the day that I'll need you. 
and this is the rate that I can pay you. Mm-hmm. And I would just started to move forward from there. And, and again, the event industry is very fluid. People are always moving around, you know, from state to state, from city to city. So it, it took some time for me to build my team, to, to have some dedicated people that were serious about being in the industry and, and working in it full time. So for other people that are in the event industry or maybe just starting off with the event industry, but they know that they need some support, let's say like just event based support. So they have an event where they know they need more hands to help even put on the event. What suggestions do you have on, you know, trying to find people or finding the right people to help? So one of the things that I did that I work with a lot of nonprofit organizations and typically nonprofit organizations has a pool of volunteers. Well, I would heavily, heavily observe these volunteers to see what people were dedicated, what people actually took it as not just a volunteer position, but took it personally like it was a job, whatever they were committed to that day. And Mm -hmm. I built relationships with volunteers and kept in touch with people. So when I needed help, and I knew that I could pay people, it wasn't a volunteer that I'm asking them to do a project with me, I would contact them. Mm. And whether it would be greeters, whether it would be people that would help me set up, I knew that I could count on these people because they would act as an employee, as a volunteer. So if I paid them, they're definitely gonna come in and do their best work. That's nice, I like that a lot. That's very smart. (laughs) I haven't heard of that that strategy, but it's a very smart strategy to follow. Yep. So what's your team looking like now? And do you kind of manage your events and staff your events the same way? Mm -hmm. I do. So actually working full-time with the agency is two people, including myself. And then I have a team of contractors that I work with. So we have people that come on with us, depending on the event, they might work a little, a few hours prior to the event, us producing the event that day, and then also work that day. So it kind of just depends on the project and what we're doing. But I actually have a, a really, really strong team of contractors that I work How did you find your your team of two? So your number two and then the contractors. So the the team of two actually came from a university. So she actually has a a degree in Mm -hmm. event management and she really, really wanted to focus on weddings. So she came to me originally to do an internship for six months. And she did such a phenomenal job that when she did the internship, it was a paid internship. It wasn't free. Um, I did pay her. And then she wound up staying on afterwards. And oh my God, in January, she'll be with me for five years. So she's really, really built up the wedding side of the business. Nice. So you guys connected as an intern and you trained her in the way to yeah. do the you know, do the planning. Absolutely. Yeah. And then now she's blossoming and able to manage yes. it herself. Yeah, That's- absolutely. That yeah. is awesome. Where can we go to find good interns nowadays? <laughs> You know what? Universities and colleges is the best place. You know, if you're looking, it depends on the industry, too. So we don't have a huge 
network here in terms of colleges and universities that offer event management. We really only have maybe one or two schools with the program, but other industries in terms of, you know, yours and marketing and, and culinary, we have all types of of colleges and universities that offer that. But I suggest that that's the best place to start because you, you, you have people that what I call are hungry, they're entry level, they're looking to gain experience and they're looking to work. So if you can find great interns, that those also can be full-time employees for you or even part-time. Nice. So like getting connected to like their career center or something yeah. out there. Or even professors, you know, professors are always career professors. If it's, you know, people that are in their junior or senior year, they're always looking for industry people to come in and speak. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's your audience of interns, all of those students that you're coming in to speak with. And then those are the relationships that you're building with their professors. They also have a network where they talk to people and you can go in and talk to multiple different classes. So that is your pool of interns. That is who you want to be able to work with to have as interns and even hire as full time as well. So did you on your path to growing your business to a six figure business, were there any particular struggles that kind of stick out to you as like you weren't sure if you wanted to continue in this industry or you're like just really rattled you? Yeah, there's always struggles in entrepreneurship. Let me say that first and foremost, every day, there's always struggles. The one struggle that I have found is that being in the event industry is yes or no type of industry to be in for a corporate company. Okay. So when, when profits are down, the first thing that's getting cut are events. So that budget is totally cut out. So for me, one of the struggles that has been is I'm always having to renegotiate contracts every year. So the one project that I started out with where I had a multi-year deal, that was a one-time thing. I've never had that before. So it's, it's very difficult in my industry, I feel like, to be able to get multi-year deals. There's something where I'm always renegotiating the contract year after year. So when you look at that, when you are trying to set budgets for the next year and looking at revenue streams, there's no guarantee that you can count on that event. Number one, coming back. Number two, that you're going to win the bid to mm -hmm. have that contract. So that, that's one of the challenges um, that I have been going through for 10 plus years. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's just na the nature of the industry. It is what it is. There's really nothing that you can do about that. Okay. So no strategies on how you kind of work it now versus what about maybe like the, the time in advance, you're kind of reaching back out to them to re-engage them. That's the thing. Typically after an event, the, the budget is not even set for that next year to be able to even go after that business. Mm -hmm. So you're actually going after that business kind of nine months before the event. They're talking about doing it, but everything is contingent on how the previous year went. So, of course, if it's a nonprofit uh, event, of course, the event needs to be profitable. You know, mm -hmm. the the organization can't continue to to lose money and they're spending money to produce it. So all of those things come into play because it's always about dollars at the end of the day. So if, if, if something isn't making money, they aren't going to spend money on it. So it just depends. And also when leadership changes, you know, leadership has different passions about different things and different events. So sometimes an, an event is there for three to five years because of the leadership. They're passionate about that. So if that leader moves on to a different capacity, now you have a different leader that is in place 
they might not be passionate about that same event that is happening. So now it's you have to create that relationship with that leader and also start to pitch other ideas to be able to do events for whatever that industry is after and what they're looking to do and what they're passionate so I remember back, it was around 2020. Yeah, it definitely was 2020 because it was a pandemic. And I know it was a big deal for you that like these corporations were no longer, you know, canceling basically all their events. So you went from having a full slate of events lined up for that year to like hardly anything. Tell me a little bit how that, what that, that situation was like and how you kind of pivoted during the pandemic. Sure. The pandemic was an eye opener for me because all of our business was face to face, all of it, 100 percent. So when that happened and you couldn't do anything face to face, you know, it was basically illegal, you know, against the law to do that, you know, and depending on the state and city and all of that stuff that you were in. Yeah, our revenue was zero. But one of the things that did not stop was weddings. So people did not stop from the, for the pandemic for love. They continued to get married just in different capacities, very, very small and intimate weddings and having them at private homes. We actually had a great year in 2020. We did one of our largest weddings ever. Um, how, did, and, how did they pull that off? Or how did you guys pull that off? Oh my. With all the restrictions. We literally, we literally <laughs> planned a wedding in 30 days, literally for the second time, because we had already been working on everything yeah. leading up to that August to have that wedding. And when the hotel was not opening back up because of you know all of the laws for the pandemic and all of that good stuff, we pivoted and moved to another venue and had to have the wedding outside and we had to build an entire venue outside. And we literally did it in 30 days. And since then, I'm sure you're enjoying this episode, but I wanted to quickly pop in to let you know about how you can grow your service-based business to six figures a year today by learning how to better market it online. Join my exclusive membership community, Marketing Maintenance, for as little as $49 a month and learn how to develop and implement effective online marketing strategies that bring in more leads while also keeping your WordPress website protected and up-to-date. This program includes website updates, site maintenance, monthly marketing trainings, one-on-one marketing strategy meetings, and marketing deliverable creation. Join today at marketingandmaintenance.com. And since then, it has taken some time for the event industry to actually get back up and running full time. So we haven't did any corporate or nonprofit events. The only thing that's been carrying us at this point is weddings right now. So that is what we have been focusing on is weddings. Tell us a little bit more about the wedding side of your business and what you guys specialize in with that. So what we specialize in is full service wedding planning. We do have other packages that we offer, but we specialize in full service wedding planning. And that's where we plan everything for you. So if we have a couple that comes to us and they're looking to get married with X amount of people and need help finding a venue and just pulling together all the details, that's what we do. We do the event management side and then we also design it. So we can make sure that the event fits the, the look and feel of what you've been envisioning. 
So I have like a number of um, wedding planner clients, or I've had them in the past. And I know that there's like a ton of wedding planners out there. Mm -hmm. How did you, you and your team figure out how to kind of differentiate yourself in a market like that, which is, you know, pretty saturated? Yeah. Well, we like to do a certain style of event. So we, we like to work with a certain style of a couple. So when I say that, I mean, a couple that is confident, they know exactly what they want. They know the look and feel of how they how they want their wedding to be. And then they understand the cost that's mm-hmm. associated with that. Mm-hmm. And the one of the things that different, differentiates us is that we are not scared to talk about money. Like that is the one thing that I love to talk about when it comes to a wedding is talking about money. My team and I, I should say, are very, very transparent when it comes to what, what we do. We are not afraid to talk about money. We are not afraid to tell you that will not work. We are not afraid to tell you that is not etiquette. You know, we are very, very firm. We just don't go along with what the client is saying just to please the client and be yes people. We are very upfront and honest because we are in the background. We are the people that have to do the work. And for some reason, whenever we produce weddings, people forget about the couple that they know. They think that we have made all the decisions for them. So if they have an RSVP for a wedding and they show up and they don't have a seat and their name is on nothing, they're blaming us. So we like to be in the position to where we work with couples that trust us and that we can also be honest with their guests so they understand our position and their position. I am not afraid to tell a guest, you did not RSVP. We never got anything mailed from you. And I'm sorry, we don't have a seat. You can come back. Ooh. <laughs> what, what are they going to come back to? <laughs> we do not have a seat for you. But we will have cocktails and dancing at the end. You're happy to come back after now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How did that go? Typically, <laughs> why not happy? <laughs> I bet. I am also a, a stickler on all of our weddings starting on time. Because... Mm-hmm. I am responsible for our clients' money. We're responsible for their money. So every minute that we run late, that's money that they've wasted. So if a wedding is supposed to start at 5.30 p.m., we are starting at 5.30 p.m. sharp. So Mm -hmm. if guests come in, I make sure that my security knows and my team knows that they have to hold everybody at the door. Once I get my bride down the aisle, people can sit in the back and they have to be very quiet. And they have to move very quickly and they sit down and enjoy the wedding and that's it. And typically I'm holding back anywhere from 30 to 50 people when a wedding starts. Every single wedding. All the time. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, I, I understand it. I, um, I actually was in two weddings this year and I haven't been admitting weddings in my life. And so I yeah. got like the behind the scenes looks basically for like the first time of sure. how weddings work and they have their planners and everything going on. Yeah. I just remember like we were starting the wedding. It didn't matter who was sitting in there or who wasn't there. Like yeah. half the wedding, half of the guests were not even there yet, but we were starting on time because Absolutely. the wedding planner wanted to make sure it was Absolutely. on time. But then there also were like this particular wedding was kind of like a DIY with the day of planner. And then there were some communication issues that happened the day of. Can I get some recommendations on why brides should not totally do a DIY wedding? (laughs) 
we could talk all day, Adrian. About this. I just want just give me a few reasons why you would recommend that a bride so, hire a planner. So why, why I would recommend for a bride to hire a planner is because it is a full time job. So if you are working full time, a mother going to school, whatever you may be doing, this planning a wedding is a an extra event in your life, but it's the biggest event that's happening in your life that you have to plan for. So there are so many details that goes along with it that you're just not able to focus on it every day. And to me, it's well worth the money to be able to have a professional do all of that on your behalf. And all you have to do is just make decisions. You aren't making decisions and creating things and speaking to people, making appointments, sending emails and all of that type of stuff. You get burnt out. Yes, it's fun when it starts out, but when you set a wedding date, the wedding date gets closer every single day and the mm -hmm. details continue to get bigger. Mm -hmm. So if you're the type of person that is indecisive and most brides are indecisive, if you're not a decisive person and just know what you want and know how to cut things off and not go back and redo things three and four times, you're going to struggle. So those are the reasons why I recommend hiring a planner. And I'm not being biased because when I get married one day, I am going to hire a planner. Of course, my team will do it for me. <laughs> you better not be up there planning. <laughs> my team will definitely do it for me. But I don't want to deal with all of that day to day. I want to be able to focus on being a bride and being at all the events and all the celebratory things that are going to be happening within mm -hmm. that six to nine months or a year, however long it takes you to plan. That's what I want to be focused on. I don't want to be stressed doing all the details on my own. I just want to be able to say yes or no. I love that or I don't and move on. Right. Right. How much should a bride budget for a planner? So like, let's say they know that their entire wedding budget is 40000 or something. Mm -hmm. What percentage of that should they expect that part to be going to a planner? <laughs> so this is going to be a controversial answer to this. Viewers, get ready for this. So how I look at it, and this is just me, and most women probably don't even think this way. So when you get engaged, typically your mate purchases your engagement ring. That's yours. That's the gift to you. For me, if I were a bride, that is the gift to myself. That is not even a part of my wedding budget. I am going to pay for a planner. And what I would budget for that, because I want somebody that is super experienced and that is great at what they do. And I want a person that knows how to do event management and also knows how to design an event. And with that, typically, that rate can go anywhere from $8,000 to $12,000. But it is well spent. It is the best money that you will spend for your wedding. So for me, I wouldn't even include that in my budget. But that is what I would budget is between $8,000 and $12,000. Okay. And is that for a full planner or does that include like day of planning and stuff too? That's for a full service planner. So that person will help you from the day that you hire them all the way until the last minute of your reception until it's over. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Okay. So switching gears a little bit. So I'm going to switch to some advice that you may have for 
others that work in the planning industry, event planning, wedding planning industry. Like I said, I have a number of clients that are within this industry. Do you have any strategy, marketing strategies or recommendations on things that they could be doing to grow their business to six figures? Because a lot of them are probably, they're doing it on the side, most of the ones that I know, and their revenues, they're definitely earning four or five figures a year. So it's not really big. But let's say one of my friends, I know for sure, she's interested in doing it full time. She just doesn't feel like she's earning enough from the business. So for me, you have to define the type of client that you want to work with. So exactly what I just mentioned, we have a certain client that we like to work with. And that's the, a certain style of a bride because typically, and I don't want to say couple, it's definitely a bride because typically the spouse, the man, he's really not involved with it. It's like a yes it's man. The woman. It's the right, exactly. <laughs> it's the woman that that's coming to us that is looking for the help. So she is a certain style of a person. So you need to define that. What type of woman do you want to work with? And mm -hmm. also what type of budgets do you want to work with? So we have certain budgets that we that we work with. We typically don't work with a bride that doesn't have at least a wedding budget of 50000 and above. Because just wow. in, in, in our area, that is what it costs. And that and that is that is low, but you can do it for a hundred people or less. You can mm -hmm. work with fifty thousand dollars is a nice budget to work with if you it, have a hundred and just to be clear, and that does not include how much they will pay you guys. To okay. <laughs> so they need that and they need a look. They need, they need a know, eight to 12 extra. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. 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 So you need to define that. You need to figure out what type of bride that you want to work with. And then, of course, what, what are the budgets that you want to work with? And then we also have a, a certain vendor team that we work with. So that comes with minimums mm -hmm. that we like to recommend to our clients because we know that these people are number one professional. We know number two, that they know that we know that they can produce whatever our clients are asking for. And then number three, they know how we work on the back end. So we have a great working relationship with all of our vendors. Don't get me wrong. We definitely work with other vendors that couples might have been dreaming to work with, but typically we have our core vendors that we like to work with and we like to recommend for our weddings. That's just what works with our process and it's easier for us and we are able to produce an event without any issues. So that's the number one thing that you need to figure out. And then where is that type of ride that you like to work with? Where, where can you advertise to be able to find this person and get in front of her to be able to work with her? So, so that's where are they? Right. Where are, you, where are yours? Mine typically, they're typically on Pinterest and they're on the knot. Okay. And then we also do a lot of advertising with our actual website. So people, you know, Google us, we make sure that we have our SEO up, you know, so people can find us when they Google us. So a lot of people come through our website as well. Nice. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> okay. So I think this is, this is what I have. We're almost at time, but you just made me think of another question and then we'll sure. kind of close this thing out. So you yeah. said that you use Google. How did you, did you guys hire someone to help you with your Google ads or did you just figure it out yourself? And do you have any recommendations on? So, so we actually ads? don't do Google ads, but our, our web developer has helped us with our SEO, Adrian and her team. <laughs> <laughs> But we also have done um, some Facebook ads as well to drive people to 
our website and for them to understand what we offer. And then we do, again, a, a, we have a great Pinterest page where we do, you know, a lot of boards and a lot of inspiration there that we drive people to our website as well. And also to any of our social media channels. Got it. Yeah. All right. Well, Latoya, this has been an amazing interview. I love hearing all your good juju that you have for people in the event management space. Do you have any final words of advice for entrepreneurs that are in a similar industry on how they can grow their business? Yeah, I do. You need to decide if you want to be in it full time or do you want to be in it part time? Because if you're passionate about your own destiny and making your own schedule and having freedom every day, then you'll figure out a way to do it full time. And it's it, you can't be afraid to step out and, and not get a W-2 anymore. You have to be able to create your own destiny and, and create projects and get out and just build your network have to put feet on the ground and work super hard. It's I'm, I'm not saying that it's easy and it's not for everybody. It is definitely not for the weak. I say that to myself all the time, but again, I've, been, <laughs> I've been in this 14 years. So wow. it, it has taken some sacrifice and you have to be ready to sacrifice and you got to be ready for the ups and downs because when it's up, it's great. And when it's down, it's all good. You can figure out a way to, to go back up because there's there's no way that you can go more down than what you are. That's for sure. So yeah, that's my advice. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so Latoya, how can people follow you, get in touch with you if they're interested in more information? Yes. Well, our, our wedding website is designsbyvagency.com or you can find us on Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram at V Agency Events. Okay, so V Agency Events, Facebook and Pinterest, Facebook, Facebook Instagram, Pinterest. Yes. Okay, yep. and then Designs by V Agency for Yes, yep, it's our website. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. This You're was welcome. really great. We had, you know, I love this conversation and it's always nice seeing your face too. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks for tuning in. You made it to the end. We have more amazing episodes coming up just like this one on the Brand and Convert with Adrian and White podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at brandwithamw and learn more about working with me at brandwithamw.com. People always ask me how I scaled my business to six figures per year and now work full-time in my purpose. After a decade of being an entrepreneur and launching four successful businesses, I know what it takes to get your service-based business to six figures per year quickly. Start booking higher paying clients, automating your processes, and clarifying your messaging in my free training, five strategies my clients are using to develop brands, websites, and processes that grow six-figure businesses. Secure your seat today at training.brandwithamw.com. See you there.